The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com From our nation's capital Inside the polar vortex It is Thursday, January 31, 2019 And this is The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hi, my name is Bob Hello, Bob Hi, Rachel Coming up on today's show Golden Globes ingenue Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show Is here today the feds collected terabytes of information about Roger Stone's crimes. This is going to be huge. We're going to keep a close eye on this. Trump, meanwhile, continues to say his bullshit about Russia, Iran, and China is correct, and that the entire intelligence community is wrong. 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 Right? And Mitch McConnell thinks a federal holiday for Election Day will help Democrats because ultimately the Republicans just hate democracy. I mean, what other conclusion can you draw? And the best way to support The Bob Seska Show is to subscribe to our bonus content on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska Show. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash join slash Bob Seska Show. Or just click the all caps Patreon link under the logo at bobseska.com. We just interviewed Jen Sanko, the director of The Brainwashing of My Dad. Phenomenal interview. You're going to fall in love with Jen. You got to go listen and make sure to watch the movie on iTunes. You can rent it now for just 99 cents. Meanwhile, you can sign up on our Patreon page for $1, $5, $10, or $15 per month. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours of weekly bonus content, including our post-mortem show recorded after the end credits roll in our Tuesday and Thursday shows, along with our Friday after-party podcast and the 90-minute ultimate edition of this show without commercials. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show, people like Malcolm Nance, Tony Atamanik, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangela Duo, and of course, Jen Senko from The Brainwashing My Dad. And uh, that's it. Don't miss it. Go to patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska show to do your part to support this completely independent podcast. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorable. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm busy. My fucking head is killing me. Hello? Hard to pay connection, so I'm gonna talk fast. The guy you're looking for is some kind of ex-commando or some shit. He killed 16 Chechen rebels single-handed. T? T, that you? Ah, damn it. I didn't hear what you said, Tone. So I'm gonna talk fast. The guy you're looking for is an ex-commando. He killed 16 Chechen rebels single-handed. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, nice, huh? He was with the Interior Ministry. Guy's some kind of Russian Green Beret. This guy cannot come back to tell this story. You understand? I hear you. There is, Paulie. Tone? Tone, you there? Fuck! Call me back! (laughs) You're not gonna believe this. He killed 16 Czechoslovakians. Guy was an interior decorator. This house looked like shit. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. All 
Oh, what's happening? Uh, We're doing a show. How about that? Hi, how how are you? Uh, It is the Trump crisis day 742, uh, 642 days until the 2020 presidential election, 14 days until the next government shutdown. Um, You know, I just want to mention here before we bring out Jody Hamilton, one of my favorite podcasts and two of my favorite podcast hosts are Cliff Schechter and John Aravosis. You've heard them on my interview show. If you want to hear more of them, go to the Unprecedented Podcast. They just posted a brand new show on the 28th about uh, uh, Brexit with special guest Ian Dunt. You know, Kimberly and I listened to this the other day. It totally helped us fill in the blanks on what the hell Brexit is. If you need a, a primer on Brexit, go and listen to that show. And you're going to fall in love, of course, with Cliff and John. That's patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast. Again, patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast. Go and sign up now. And oh, good golly. It's uh, it's ingenue Jody Hamilton. Hi, Jody. <laughs> so, so 52 is the new ingenue? Yes, absolutely. All right, I'll take absolutely. It. <laughs> They're hobnobbing, rubbing elbows with all the glitterati. I'm, I'm sure every actor of female persuasion in their 50s would love that. To be true. <laughs> and you know what? That's the first time I've publicly said the word glitterati. So that's like a that. big accomplishment <laughs> for me. Well, hey, welcome to the polar vortex, Jody. And I, I understand uh, this is the actual sound of what's happening outside right now. I understand it's happening in Southern California, too, right? You're getting... Yeah, we're having a crazy thunderstorm, which we normally don't have. It's very out of the ordinary, and it's so the lightning is so close to the ground. I don't know if it's actually hitting the ground, but near us, wow. it's so low that it's literally shaking our house once the thunder hits. Oh, my God. Like a good 15-second shake. It's like, okay, is this an earthquake, or is it thunder? I was, I was just saying before the show, um, I was out there in 2010 one time, and it was like the day after tomorrow, that movie, that big stupid summer blockbuster uh, global warming movie that they did a, a while back. It was just like oh, yeah, that. Yeah. It was like there were there were tornadoes, it seemed like, in the uh, in the Los Angeles area. They were over mm-hmm. the water, but they were tornado yeah. funnels anyway. It was, it was like, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. But I can imagine <laughs> what L.A. is like uh, when a weather event like that happens. Well, yeah, Everything. Lonnie was going to leave the house, and I said, wait until the rain passes. <laughs> <laughs> seem like it's safe to be out there right now well it's like uh i love that movie la story uh with with steve martin and uh uh, and he does this weather report where he says you know the the temperature got all the way down to 58 degrees last (laughs) night and he's talking to people how did you cope Uh, i just brought (laughs) lonnie covered up the plants and brought the animals indoors you covered up the plants and brought the animals indoors Indoors. wow It's just so it's so remarkable when something strange happens. When it's not sunny in seventy two in Southern California, it's all all hell breaks loose. All right. Uh, so once again, Jody, I'm going back. This is just I'm just going to leave the sound going as we do the show. Okay. Just the, the background, the sound of the polar vortex. Hello. Yeah, the polar vortex. It's it's how many degrees below <laughs> stupid out there? I mean, in geez. fact, I'm just going to disconnect your line here and just the, the co-host for today will just be the polar vortex. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to do that. I, I promise I'm not going to do that. Okay, but uh, once again, Jody, of course I go back to my thesis that Donald Trump is completely untethered from reality. I don't think he knows what's real, what's fake. I think he believes, of course, what he sees on Fox and Friends, and then meanwhile he's doubting the assessments of his entire intelligence community. I mean, people he has selected, you know, the best people that he talks about. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, we're talking about Gina Haspel, who was just recently appointed by Donald Trump to be the head of the CIA. We're talking about Dan Coats. Uh, Dan Coats, again, he's like the guy, even though he's a Republican, everyone loves Dan Coats, and everyone treats him with respect because he's an even-keeled guy. He's a nice guy. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. And since the very beginning, he has been contradicting Donald Trump in front of uh, congressional uh, uh, panels for some time now. And he did it most recently. We talked about this the other day. He just did it uh, again in which basically, uh, you know, assessing the entire view of the intelligence community, saying all these things that Donald Trump has been saying are absolutely wrong. And of course they're wrong. Wrong. Because Donald Trump doesn't know anything other than what Brian Kilmeade tells him on Mm -hmm. Fox and Friends. It's terrifying. It is. So, I mean, I, I uh, got a couple of quotes here just just setting the Wayback Machine, things Donald Trump has said about ISIS. Uh, he said, uh, we have won against ISIS. That, that was his big announcement. That was an actual quote. We have won against ISIS. Meanwhile, like Mike Pence said, ISIS has been defeated. But now we're hearing from the intelligence community. No, 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 no. There's a lot of thousands of ISIS troops still operating. They're, you know, they're reconstituting where they've been defeated. They haven't been defeated at all. You know, the ultimate uh, takeaway of this is, except Donald Trump still believes that it's true. In fact, a reporter uh, asked him uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, Aaron Rupar brought us this video clip. He said, do you have confidence with Gina Haspel and Dan Coats to give you advice? And Trump said, no. <laughs> I disagree with certain things they said. Time will prove me right, probably. No. Probably is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Good God. I, it's, uh, he, he scares the crap out of me. Well, and of course he should. If he's listening to uh, you know Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade yeah. over the word of his entire intelligence community, these are people yeah. who you know know things and and actually have people on the ground researching these things and investigating these things and and uh, putting these things into the form of memos and and with evidence and statistics and numbers and data. And Donald Trump, that well, why do we need all of that when I've got Brian Kilmeade with his brain damage and his sock puppet over on the right with uh, Steve Ducey and the wife in between and that's where he gets all of his intelligence information. I mean, we're this close to having Steve Ducey coming in and doing the presidential daily brief, aren't we? Mm-hmm, we are. It's it's just a matter of time. And it, meanwhile, uh, Chuck Schumer sent a scathing letter to Donald Trump. I thought this was great. I mean, I just think now Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are, are just subtly and maybe not so subtly, depending on the case, trolling the president. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a beautiful thing. He said here in this letter to uh, uh, Dan Coats, he said, President Trump's criticism of the testimony you and other intelligence leaders provided to Congress yesterday was extraordinarily inappropriate and will undermine public confidence in the U.S. government's efforts to protect our national security and preserve U.S. power and influence abroad. I applaud you and your colleagues in the intelligence community for being clear-eyed about the threats we face, but you cannot allow the president's ill-advised and unwarranted comments today to stand. I believe it is incumbent on you, Director Ray and Director Haspel, to insist on an immediate meeting with the president to educate him about the facts and raw intelligence underlying the intelligence community's assessments and to impress upon him 
how critically important it is for him to join you and the leadership of our intelligence community in speaking with a unified and accurate voice about national security threats. He is putting you and your colleagues in an untenable position and hurting the national interest in the process. You must find a way to make that clear to him. Sincerely, Chuck Schumer, Minority Leader of the United States Senate and U.S. Senator, of course, and, of course... I, I hope Dan Coates will do that. I mean, it'd be nice if he did, but I'm not holding my breath. Be- He's probably tried to do something along those lines on a number of occasions. Yeah. Um, uh, just because he's... Smart, I guess. Right. I, I, well, I, and then I mean, it, it gets futile after a while. It's like explaining, you know, when kids keep asking why, and then you explain it, and they go, but why? Yeah. Well, this is the thing that keeps happening with Trump's staff, whether it's his cabinet secretaries yeah. or his own staffers, where I think increasingly now, Jody, Trump's entire bureaucracy and, and you know the executive branch is operating independently of the president. And because I think they realize that, well, one, you're never going to be able to educate him. Uh, right. Two, it's like walking into a propeller. It's just a, a complete waste of time, and you're going to get beaten up in the process. And, and three, I, I think they figure it's just going to be easier if we just press forward. Because this guy, the president of the United States, the man occupying the White House right now, has no sense of reality versus fiction, fact versus falsehood, uh, uh, actual data versus what Steve Ducey farts out at 6.30 in the morning. You know, there's no difference with Donald Trump between any of those things. It's all just whatever he comes up with, you know, out of his worm-infested brain. It is absolutely terrifying to know that at any minute, he could decide, hey, well, look, uh, you know, Steve Ducey, Brian Kilmeade have endorsed this idea of launching nuclear weapons at so-and-so. So, therefore, doink, here we go. Where's that biscuit? Bring me the biscuit. Oh, it's in my pocket. I forgot. Okay, that's all I need. Let's launch now. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, of course, going to the worst-case scenario. But we can't forget that. Let's not forget that Donald Trump is more than just a series of screechy tweets and ridiculous uh, clown makeup. This guy has the nuclear codes in his pocket. Or at least he should. I don't know if he actually does carry them. Because, you know, that would ruin the the cut of his suit, right? (laughs) His suit, he can't have that item in his pocket because suddenly it makes his uh, baggy suit look terrible. Um, (laughs) And, of course, the stupid orange doesn't fall far from the stupid orange tree uh we noticed this morning that don jr of course don jr one of my favorite things to do on twitter is to troll don jr about getting sent to federal prison i just love doing it i love it i love it (laughs) i live for it uh because he's on his way i mean he's gonna be indicted it's gonna it's gonna be a beautiful thing rachel maddow's been covering exactly why donald trump jr is next on the chopping block and it's because he's, you know, right. He's been uh, lying to Congress, and yeah. it's just a matter of the intelligence community getting those transcripts over to Mueller before uh, Donald Trump Jr. is is charged with lying to Congress, just like Roger Stone and uh, and so many others. So, do you we, think they're gonna? Do you think they might be holding back on him just because of the volatility with this person? It's possible. I, I mean, I, I've I've thought all along that the inner circle people won't be indicted until the very, very end because they know, because Mueller knows, Mueller's team knows that if they indict Donald Trump Jr. or any inner circle Trumper, 
uh, that's going to send Donald Trump into a panic, and Donald Trump is going to therefore fire the special counsel or do something right. radical to thwart the investigation. And so I think that's why we haven't heard from uh, uh, any indictments whatsoever regarding uh, those people. Donald Trump Jr., I think Eric Trump is obviously on. The, I mean, we've been hearing now Jared. lately. Jared, yeah, of course, Jared, Ivanka, you know, the usual suspects. We've been mm-hmm. hearing more and more lately that it's possible that the entire Trump family, uh, at least the ones who are involved in the Trump organization and who are involved in the campaign, mm-hmm. are going down. They're absolutely going to be indicted at some point. Do you think he'll do it all at once? Like all of them get this at the same day, they all get uh, the FBI raid and the indictments? <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, my God. The, the pre-dawn raid for Donald Trump Jr. is going to be one of those things where I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like rent a giant screen for my house, <laughs> like, a, like a huge movie screen and watch it on endless loop like Howard Hughes saving <laughs> bottles of my own urine in the corner, you know, just watching it over and over again. The tape of Donald Trump Jr. getting arrested in a pre-dawn raid. That's how delicious that is going to, to be for do me. Do you think that they do them all at the same time, though? Like they yeah. send a group out to Donnie Jr. They send one out to Kusei. They send it out to Jared. Um, uh, all at the same time. Like every you know everybody at five a.m. Boom, we're going in. Yeah. That way they can't call each other and warn each other, or do anything. It's all at the same time. They get a knock warrant like Roger Stone did. Yeah. Um, for them to compare, for him to compare himself to Bin Laden says a lot about himself. But. It's like, dude, it was not a no-knock like Paul Manafort. <laughs> Paul Manafort was shocked. You right. at least got a, hello, it's the FBI, may we come in? Well, here's the exciting thing, because as you know, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump both live mm. in Trump Tower, uh, f- from right. what I understand. I'm not sure exactly if that's where they live, but I'm, I'm fairly certain they live in Trump Tower. Uh, and of course, now we've got the polar vortex swirling around here. And <laughs> I hope they're arrested in their underpants, like on in the, the coldest next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, the coldest night of the polar vortex, and they just have to. Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, uh, hair pomade will get completely frozen <laughs> to his scalp. <laughs> they'll have to. They'll have to break out some of that antifreeze and uh, dump yeah. it like the stuff that they use to de-ice planes. They'll mm-hmm. have to they'll have to start spraying that on Donald Trump Jr.'s head in order for his in order for his hair to thaw. That's like you know, see, my fantasies run deep. They really, really do. <laughs> and so, I, I honest to God believe they're all going to get arrested in a it, at least maybe over the span of a couple of days, if not all at once. And then, to me, all at once seems like the better strategy because then Trump will have such a meltdown he might just have a heart attack and I don't want him dead but you know he might just go into a, a, a coma for a while and can't yeah. hurt anybody you know and then he comes out of it and, and he's out of office and then he could, too can join his family in the indictments but because I think all at once would really freak him out but then right. it would also be a huge signal going look we got you dude yeah and then what else will happen is uh, right after that occurs uh, Robert Mueller will be like alright I'm done yeah. right out the door he's gonna <laughs> He's just gonna and then start. he has this unindicted co-conspirator conspirator in there if he chooses to abide by the advice of the DOJ that a sitting president can't be indicted, right. but he can be an unindicted co-conspirator. Again, I, I have this fear that Donald Trump will not face the full brunt of the legal jeopardy that he should face. However... I do believe that Donald Trump is going to face accountability, comeuppance, whatever you want to call it, for all of these crimes. 
And it's only a, it's only a matter of degree in terms of right. how bad it, it gets for Donald Trump in terms of the ultimate repercussions. What you know, I think at the very least we're looking at impeachment because it's going to be irresistible. You're not going to be able to not impeach Donald Trump once all the facts come out in the Mueller report and once the Intelligence Committee and the Judiciary Committee both see the evidence in the right. case. Obviously, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and and they have the votes to do it. And of course, yeah. you know, if a lot of it's going to have to do with pushing Mitch McConnell to take up the trial, too. And that's going to have to happen. Constitutionally, it will have to happen that way. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I, it's going to be. He's the heaviest lift is McConnell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how he could not do it. It seems as if maybe what he could do is is, is pull a, uh, a Merrick Garland and just delay the trial mm-hmm. until maybe after Donald Trump loses the election. And then mm-hmm. after that, it's not even going to really matter. Well, right, because he, if he's not in office, why impeach him? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, I mean, it could go that way, and that's a... That's kind of a big loophole, I would imagine, in the system. So that's why the the urgency for for Mueller to release this report is is growing by the second, I think. Well, especially since we don't have a sitting AG yet, um, and we don't know if Barr is going to allow any of the report to become public. But I think I'm on Malcolm Nance's side when he goes, Mm -hmm. if the report is not released to the public, I see pallets of information being dropped off at the New York Times. Oh, God, yeah. And and I, I do believe that. I mean, Mueller's been very tight-lipped, but I think he wants this country to know what happened. Right, right. Oh, and the- anything that's not classified, he will dump at a... Uh, he'll make sure that the New York Times, the Washington Post, LA Times, whatever, gets it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've got our fingers crossed. And by the way, speaking of Adam Schiff, the rest of the intelligence community on the House side has uh, been filled out by the Republicans. Finally, actually. the Joe Good. Yeah, I saw a, a tweet come down yesterday. They've announced their uh, their panelists. Is that what you call them? Are they panelists? <laughs> I don't know what they are. The people- I believe they're committee members. Committee members. <laughs> yeah. Kevin McCarthy has finally panelists. announced. I think the Kevin McCarthy's delay on announcing the uh, the panelists. <laughs> The, I like that you call them panelists. The panelists, they vote that's on right. Things, so perhaps that's know. right. And in the center square, it's Paul Lind. <laughs> He'd be. I'd vote for him. <laughs> and so uh, now that these are announced, they can release those transcripts. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy, I think it took him so long to announce the panelists because uh, <laughs> he couldn't actually say them out loud because he would just reverse them. He would call one of them Hungria for some reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Uh, but you see, it's talking about malaprops. Uh, John Jr. Uh, tweeted about Saturday Night Live today. Saturday S and L. S and L. Because wow. the show is called Saturday and Live. And Live. Yes. <laughs> That's so, what I've been calling it for years. What have you been calling it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's somewhat a non-story, but again, the stupid orange doesn't fall far from the stupid orange tree. And so, yeah, of course, I had to jump on top, uh, <laughs> you know, pile on. With Don because everyone's trolling him now about this. There's already a mediaite piece of, you know, <laughs> summarizing a bunch of different tweets about Donald Trump saying S and L. Uh, but I jumped in and was like, savings and loans? Savings Skits? and loans, exactly. What? what are you talking about? Not my not my most uh, hilarious tweet in the world, but I just I had I like to pile it. on. Anytime there's a pile on on Don Jr., I've got to be one of the there. first. Yeah, I got to be I got to be at the top of the pile, or else it's <laughs> I've missed out. Um, you know, here's something I really want to uh, discuss, and I know there's going to be more to say about this tomorrow in the after party because Kimberly Johnson uh, has this crush on uh, on Steve Schmidt, at least up until recently. Yeah, up until a few days ago, so did I. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kimberly does a great impression of Steve Schmidt too, <laughs> and we'll have to 
wheel that out of the after party. She does. It's all you got to do is pucker up your lips and have sort of a uh, a Philadelphia accent, and then you you kind of nail oh, it. Oh yeah, I can yeah. see her doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll have to do that at the after party tomorrow. But I, I'm so disappointed in uh, Steve Schmidt, and of course uh, yeah. Drift Glass and and the uh, Professional Left podcast people are just like laughing at me right now. Ah, we told you, we told you not to trust these guys. And of course, Steve Schmidt has signed on as an advisor to Howard Schultz's campaign. And that's that's going so well. Yes. Uh, it's like, okay, Steve, you might be picking losers. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't, I don't like this because I don't either. But then you know what? I started to really think about it, and when it really comes down to it, I wonder if Steve Schmidt has a sense that Howard Schultz will impact Donald Trump's votes more than he will Democratic votes. I don't imagine Steve Schmidt would take a job that would help Donald Trump. Um, I, probably not, but the problem is is that the far right is portraying this guy as a Democratic person, which he's not. I mean, he's a centrist yeah. Republican is what I would view him as. Right. Um, uh, and I, I, he you, needs to pick a party, yeah. you know, but I guess... Since the Republicans are not going to allow a GOP person to primary, so if Kasich wants to throw his hat in the ring, he's going to have to run as an independent. Well, it just seems like the Republicans aren't going to allow it. Yeah, but it just seems like with Howard Schultz that he's more of a guy for the never Trumpers. He's really a- appealing to yeah. those uh, like moderate conservatives, people who are really close to the middle, uh, who have obviously opposed Donald Trump. It, it could really swing both ways. Like it could yeah. either really impact the Democrats or really hurt uh, Donald Trump. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure which yet, but it seems to me, based on Steve Schmidt signing on as an advisor, that it would just be really, I, I would have a hard time embracing the concept that Steve Schmidt would somehow help to elect Donald Trump. And I and again, I know all of you people who have shit all over my coalition of normals idea for the last year have <laughs> uh, been like, we told you and you're wagging your fingers at your uh, at your radios or your, your podcast players and you're going, oh, God, here we go. Seska getting screwed with his coalition of normals. <laughs> but but honest to God, I mean, Steve Schmidt is not he, he's not a guy who is uh prone to turning his back on his things that he has just recently said. He's not that much of a hypocrite, uh, even though he did work for John McCain and Sarah Palin in that uh, 2008 campaign and did work for the George W. Bush White House. And we know all those things. But it took him a long time to come around uh, to see the light in all of this shit. Mm -hmm. I don't imagine him backpedaling on that very quickly or very easily. So it seems to me as if Steve Schmidt's involvement might be telling us something in terms of how this may all play out in the long run. If, in fact, Howard Schultz lasts. uh, Yeah, I don't think he's going to last much longer because he's getting heckled at his own book signings. Well, I hope you're right because we all said the same fucking thing about Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, yeah, but that's different. Donald Trump was running as a Republican, so yeah. and and he had to debate sixteen other people. And I think if mm-hmm. it had been between just him and say Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and and Bush, he wouldn't have lasted. Yeah, well, that that's also true. And the difference, though, is that Howard Schultz is wealthy enough that he could yeah. just stick around and he not could. go away. But and it's it's a matter of whether the media wants to care or the debate 
people want to put him in. Yeah. And and the only reason Perot got in was because the, his numbers were high. Right. Right. As an independent. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, if had his numbers not his polling not been so high, he would never have been allowed in those debates. But it's still which is why Jill Stein doesn't get to go in, which is why Bernie Sanders became a Democrat, which is you know, you know it, he'd have to have high enough at least a fifteen percent polling. Uh, in his favor, I yeah. think, at least, in order to even be considered a serious candidate. Well, I'm not leaning on the panic button yet, but at yeah. the same time, though, Jody, it seems like uh, Howard Schultz has the cable news people backing him at this point. He mm-hmm. seems to be getting a lot of press on cable news and, and a lot of leeway, a lot of wiggle room to do what he's doing even though there is still a solid chance that he could hurt uh, or actually help Donald Trump hurt the Democrats. Uh, and, but I don't know. I, I, I haven't panicked yet. I, I'm not at the point, place now where I'm like, this guy's going to fuck everything up. We need to sabotage him, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not there yet. Uh, and when I, when, we, when I get there, I assure you I will let you know. But uh, Steve Schmidt tried to assure everybody on uh, MSNBC yesterday on Nicole Wallace's show. He said, uh, he's not Jill Stein. He's not Ross Perot. He's not Ralph Nader. He wants to have a conversation with the American people to see if perhaps the hour of disruption may be at hand for our utterly broken political system. Now, see right there, that little quote from Steve Schmidt scares the shit out of me. Yeah. That that one scared the shit. Okay, now I I may be leaning toward the panic button. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm not leaning on it yet, but my my finger is reaching across the room, and I <laughs> see it the the jolly candy like panic button. I may have to press that because he is pushing for disruption. We already well, have that. It's in the White House right now. Yes, and and it's already been uh, indicted in the form of Roger Stone. We're trying to get rid of disruption as a part of the American political dialogue. Disruption is an absolute 100% evil. I've been saying this since it was first coined as a word to describe a somewhat kind of sort of political movement whatever it was six years ago i think we were talking about disruption in 2013 where hackers were trying to disrupt the system in order to i mean glenn greenwald for fuck's sake has been talking about disruption for years now hey let's it's the underpants gnome theory number one fuck up the system ruin it and and scramble the left right paradigm number two question mark number three progressivism (laughs) Well, and, and that's the thing. Glenn Greenwald doesn't even live here. Right, right. He doesn't have to deal with the ramifications no. of it. He's ju- he can sit on the sidelines and watch it like any good Gen Xer. But you know, exactly. I mean, he is a Gen Xer, and that's all we do <laughs> is watch things burn. That's right, and we like to do that. And I've got and we some- like to get ignored in 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 the status of of generational differences <laughs> that's absolutely right we don't even exist apparently which is awesome <laughs> but to hear steve schmidt talking about disruption is kind of it, it's really really i see i can't do it i can't do the steve schmidt voice i have to get kimberly to, sure, sure. to fill I in <laughs> i mean after I, I wonder if she's even uh listening if she's within earshot kimberly kimberly Sh- should i tweet at her <laughs> Re- report report to the podcast studio all right maybe she'll hear me and maybe she won't i'll um, tweet at her but Jesus Christ, for Steve Schmidt to turn around like this after seeing what disruption has wrought to push for it. Am I misinterpreting this quote? He said, 
Howard Schultz wants to have a conversation with the American people to see if perhaps the hour of disruption may be at hand for our utterly broken political system. Howard Schultz being the disruptor, right? Well, right. And and also, my question is, we have one guy already sitting there with zero experience in politics. Do we yeah. want to put another CEO with zero experience in politics? Yes, I tweeted that this morning, in fact. No more billionaire dilettantes you know, well, and just, also, I, somebody said on Tom Hartman, I believe it was yesterday, this woman called in, apparently Schultz has only voted 11 times in the last 30 years. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't even vote. Right. <laughs> That's, this is the guy. This is, the, this is yeah. the savior. This is the way out of the left-right paradigm, the Republican-Democratic Party paradigm, right? Yeah, he 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 only votes in federal elections, never local elections up in Washington state. And and obviously he's not paying attention or you vote all the time. I vote like a maniac, you know. Oh um, whenever there's a vote, I'm there. Um and I'm not qualified to be president, but I certainly effing vote. Yeah. Well, know? yeah, I mean, you can't Here's what he needs to do, obviously. He needs to go and run for mayor somewhere, maybe even run for governor somewhere. Figure out how you act as an executive in uh, government, which is vastly different than uh, running a business. Absolutely. And and do that first. Get some experience under your belt instead of being, well, you know, Trump, billionaire, ran for president. Of course, we put billionaire in quotes because I think he's actually broke. But, you know, billionaire, ran for president, didn't have any political experience. Maybe he's the guy. No, bullshit, bullshit. Sweet, merciful crap. Right. (laughs) Get him off the stage and, uh, well, I'm canceling my membership to the Steve Schmidt fan club. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I I'm, I've put my membership on hold. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm really, I'm seeing it. It's it's jolly. It's candy-like. I want to press it. I want to <laughs> I want to press the, the, the goddamn panic button, but I'm going to hold back because you know, I'm going to give him a little bit of a chance here. And and maybe I shouldn't, but there there it is. I'm a fair guy. I'm a nice guy. I try to be you fair. You are. Right? You're a helper. Um, okay, well, here's here's what I'm a huge fan of, Jody Hamilton, and it's my goddamn Brooklinen sheets. I love my Brooklinen <laughs> sheets. Kimberly Johnson loves our Brooklinen sheets, our, our nice, cool, crisp, white Brooklinen sheets. They are fantastic. We actually look forward to going to bed every night um, to just to, to, to experience the comfort of our Brooklinen sheets from brooklinen.com. Over the course of our lives, we spend like a a third of our time in bed, some more than others. So shouldn't we sleep on five-star hotel quality sheets all the time? I I think we should. But, But sheets like that are certainly expensive. They're hard for an average person to get, or at least they were before brooklinen.com. Of course, the the wordplay here is Brooklyn, where they are from. We decided to upgrade our sheets, and we love our Brooklyn sheets, of course, as I was just saying. The difference is amazing. The sheets are soft while you sleep, and it's not just us. A half a million people now sleep in luxury. They can afford all because Brooklyn cut out the middleman and made ordering easy. Good housekeeping, uh, of course, named Brooklyn.com. The best of online betting. And Brooklinen.com's gotten over 30,000 five-star reviews, more than any other betting company, right? Brooklinen sheets come in more than 20 colors and patterns, and it's easy to mix and match. And it's a great place to gift shop, too, for candles and towels, robes and sleep masks, and so much more. My Brooklinen sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on, and... 
Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code BOBC at Brooklinen.com. Again, the promo code is BOBC at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen so confident you're going to love your new sheets, comforters, and towels. They come with a lifetime warranty, but the only way to get 20 bucks off and free shipping is to use promo code BOBC at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code BOBC, Brooklinen. They really are the bestest sheets ever. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yep, it is. Can he? Mm-hmm. I need some canned heat because of the polar vortex, right? Isn't that a terrible segue? <laughs> I feel so embarrassed. I just did that. I just, I just did a terrible, terrible radio segue. I used to have a, <laughs> I used to have a program director who was the worst at doing segues. There would be like, uh, like "Fire and Rain" by James Taylor would end, and, right. and she would go, <laughs> "That was James Taylor, Fire and Rain." Boy, there's. Not a, not a lot of fire, but surely a lot of rain. Let's go talk to AccuWeather Forecast. Uh, John Cosette from AccuWeather. Talk about the fire and rain. Uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> great, lots of well, old At least it has stories. sort of something to do with it. Every now and then when we do our show, somebody will say something that has literally nothing to do with what we had just been talking about. <laughs> And so we, we have this this thing that Lonnie recorded, and then it, we have this nice little kind of gay, game show music underneath it, and it's, thank you for playing Non Sequitur. <laughs> right. I should do that here on the show. <laughs> I, I'm loaded with Non Sequiturs, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, lots of uh, stupid Watergate uh, news that we have to cover today. It's just uh, as we get closer to the end here, and, and honest to God, I've been hearing conflicting reports. Of course, Jonathan Carl and some others have been saying, that Mueller's about to wrap up. Matt Whitaker, sweaty, stinky Matt Whitaker uh, the other day. <laughs> Wasn't it weird? Again, weird. I made the case uh, on... It was on... James Brooks in uh, Broadcast News. Exactly, yeah, like just like Albert Brooks. He was totally having... Albert Brooks, excuse me. Yeah. Right, just that endless flop sweat. And yes. uh, we learned on Tuesday that Buzz Burbank has only ever had flop sweat once, which he, of course, then wins because I've had flop sweat. <laughs> in fact, I'm having flop sweat right now. <laughs> Well, it's good that you're half naked. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, but yeah, so Matt With Whitaker. Your polar vortex. Exactly. Well, Matt Whitaker was saying that uh, it looks like Mueller is c- coming close to wrapping up his investigation. I don't buy it yet because I've also heard rumors that it could maybe last until the autumn. I mean, we could end up with, you know, another summer of Mueller. Because um, I imagine what's happening is as the investigation continues, there's just more things, lots more things. Um, it's like that that Seinfeld scene where where Kramer's talking about saving the the woman's pinky toe, the severed pinky toe, and he commandeers a bus, and he kept and he keeps and he fights off a mugger on the bus and kicks the mugger off and keeps driving and he's like they're like I can't believe you were making stops too and he's like yeah they kept ringing the bell I think I think Robert Mueller is like well I want to wrap up but Trump keeps ringing the bell. You know, it's like Trump keeps committing crimes as people keep committing crimes. So when is the investigation going to end? Maybe maybe that's part of the strategy. Maybe that's part of Trump's defense strategy. Ever think of that? That that maybe he's committing more crimes so that uh, Robert Mueller. I don't know. I think that's a terrible theory. But, you know, it's of course, anything's possible because Donald Trump's lost touch with reality. 
So it could be right. that he's just committing more crimes just to keep the Mueller investigation going on and on until Donald Trump just leaves office and then it's not going to matter. Um, maybe that's how he's thinking. I have no idea. But uh, the Russians have leaked falsified versions of Mueller's documents. Um, they were able to somehow abscond with, uh, a bunch of the, uh, uh, documents and, and, and various forms of evidence, uh, from a server. And, and of course it's, it has to do with the Russian hackers doing all of this. A court filing by Mueller's office had more than a thousand files that it shared confidentially with attorneys for indicted Russian hackers later, uh, appeared to have been uploaded to a file sharing site promoted by a Twitter account. Uh, we've got access to the special counsel Mueller's probe database as we hacked Russian server with info from Russian troll case, a tweet from the account said. You can view all the files Mueller had about the IRA, that's the Internet Research Agency, and Russia collusion. Enjoy the reading. And uh, some of the documents apparently have been falsified and, and changed, so it embarrasses the Mueller investigation. Uh, Mueller's court, court filings on Wednesday said the names and structure of folders containing the leaked files match those used by Mueller's office when it shared the data and that these had not been made public. And of course, usually in a case like this, this would be a major breach of national security and the president would step in. But do you think Donald Trump gives a shit about any of this? No. No, 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 no. There's no way. And FBI investigators had found no evidence that the government servers holding the data had been hacked, according to Mueller's team, pointing instead to a leak on the Russian side. Mueller disclosed the leak in filings as part of his prosecution of Concord Management and Consulting, a Russian company that allegedly funded hacking operations by Russia's notorious Internet Research Agency. The filing argued that attorneys for Concord should not have been given access to sensitive evidence gathered by Mueller's team for the case. So that's where... That's where the leak occurred with Concord Management and Consulting. That's how they were able to get these files. I don't think it came from the actual, I don't think hackers actually went into, the, yeah, because imagine, Jody, that Mueller's team, like day one, set up like this secure encrypted system for their documents. Otherwise, why even fucking bother? Especially given that they're investigating Russian hackers, for God's sake, who hacked, you know, official uh, sources and were able to attain all of this information. It, it would seem to me as if their system is pretty ironclad. Uh, right. That it, it couldn't get hacked. So this would be the only way that we they were able to get those, uh, those documents. Uh, but finally, the world is catching up to my McConnell, Blavatnik, Deripaska screaming. You might remember I've been talking about this for a while that um, we should really focus on the fact that, especially when we're talking about how uh, uh, Mitch McConnell is, uh, you know, running defense for Donald Trump in the Senate, and also running defense therefore for Russia. Well, why is he doing these things? Well, it could be that he got three point five million dollars to his pack. From this guy, Len Blavatnik, who's this Russian oligarch with links to uh, Oleg Deripaska. The Senate Leadership Fund, a super PAC run by Senator McConnell's former chief of staff, received a total of $3.5 million, $2.5 million in 2016, and $1 million in 2017 via Access Industries and a subsidiary. Len Blavatnik is a Russian oligarch with U.S. and U.K. citizenship who owns Access Industries and donated to Senator McConnell's 2016 Senate campaign vehicles. Mm -hmm. Blavatnik's Access Industries made many of its billions from Putin's decisions 
about its Russian oil partnership. He also had a long-term business partner of Kremlin-linked Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska at Rusal, in which he's a major investor, as well as uh, Victor Vexelberg. So uh, that's uh, that's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Senator McConnell led 42 Republicans in voting against a resolution to maintain sanctions on Blavatnik's business partner, Deripaska. And of course, Blavatnik and Deripaska have made hundreds of millions due to lifting sanctions by Steve Mnuchin. And uh, and we're finding out now through uh, Congresswoman Jackie Speer uh, that's uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin had a conflict of interest that should have disqualified him from deciding to lift sanctions against mm-hmm. the Russian oligarchs' businesses. Letter claims that Mnuchin didn't sell his stake in uh, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment to Lend Blavatnik, a Ukrainian-born oligarch. The secretary, letter explains, sold his stake to uh, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment to a third party unrelated to Mr. Blavatnik. The letter claims there was never any contact between Mnuchin and Blavatnik related to the sale or operation of the company and that Blavatnik had no business conversations whatsoever with Mnuchin regarding the Treasury Department's decision to lift sanctions. So why do they decide to lift these sanctions in the midst of uh, continued Russian hostility? Boy, that's a, that's a mystery that's easy to discern. We can yeah. figure mm-hmm. that one out. Jesus Mm. Christ. Mm. By the way, it's not lost on me that Rat Pack uh, Entertainment was one of the financiers of the uh, some of the DC movies Mm. (laughs) like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. That was all Mm. that was partly financed by Steve Mnuchin. And oh, I, no, I think Wonder Woman was partly financed by that. Oh, well. yeah, that too. And it, and um, it, it makes me a little bit uh, barfy. Yeah, <laughs> whenever I see that. his name come up on a credit, I'm like. Bleh. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, Steve. Why is Steve Mnuchin involved with this movie that I love so much? God damn it. God damn it. God damn you, Steve Mnuchin. Meanwhile, yeah. there's a huge volume of digital evidence against Roger Stone. Speaking of, uh, of evidence that's getting uh, uh, sorted through right now. Terabytes worth, they're saying. With with Roger Stone, wow, and, and yeah, I mean, it's just am- amazing the hubris of Roger Stone. And by the way, I'm hoping that maybe by tomorrow he'll have a gag order slapped against him yeah. because Roger Stone out there talking is just bad. Anytime yeah. Roger Stone has a microphone and is able to speak in public, it's just bad for the country. And you know, again, everyone has a right to free speech of course you have a right to talk about whatever it is you uh want to talk about but at the same time poisonous people should people who have committed some level of treason against the united states should probably shut the fuck up yeah uh information the justice department collected from roger stone's iCloud accounts email accounts and on computer hardware span several years According to uh, Robert Mueller on Thursday, Mueller wants to place a protective order that would lock down the confidentiality of evidence collected against Stone as the prosecutors begin sharing the documents with his legal team. Uh, The evidence the Justice Department collected against Stone to charge him with lying to Congress and witness tampering includes, quote, multiple hard drives containing several terabytes of information consisting of, among other things, FBI case reports, search warrant applications, and results, i.e. like Apple iCloud accounts and email accounts, bank and financial records, and the contents of numerous physical devices, cell phones, computers, hard drives. And yet it's like Stone's out there going, I didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? Right. And I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner because it seems to me as if Roger Stone's the sort of guy who destroys evidence, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not, he's not too overly concerned with uh, maintaining a visage of propriety. I think uh, Roger Stone would have deleted anything incriminating. Although I don't know. 
I mean, I don't know. I think Roger Stone likes being a villain. I think Roger Stone likes this attention. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, yeah, he does. He's, he's enjoying it, I'm sure. And it, it, he's just... What's amazing to me, like you were saying about the hubris. Okay, he's been saying for months he's going to be indicted. Yeah. Right? And he's known that this was going on. He knows what he did or didn't do. Why is everything connected to the cloud? He could, it's like, dude, seriously? <laughs> yeah. They don't even have to go to your house to get this information. They can just subpoena the inf- They can get a warrant from, and then Apple or whomever's cloud you're in, they have to give up that information. Yeah. It's, it, again, it's like Hal Holbrook and all the president's men yeah. is deep throat saying, you know, these aren't very bright guys and things got out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, we're talking about stupid Watergate here. And and it makes perfect sense that they would self-incriminate. It makes perfect sense that they would leave all kinds of a paper trail behind. Uh, it, it completely makes sense that they would just constantly make things worse for themselves, thinking that somehow this is strategically positive for them. They are, and I'm talking about the whole entire crew. I mean, we could get into all of Paul Manafort's fuck-ups, too. Every step yeah. along the way, Paul Manafort has done one thing after another to uh, absolutely augment his legal jeopardy rather than to mitigate it. And Donald Trump Jr., I mean, how many times? I keep writing about this and it seems like i should be jubilant over the fact that they keep blurting the truth accidentally right but it's it's baffling to me why they're doing it it's just like some sort of glitch with them where it's on one hand they're trying to defend themselves but on the other hand it almost seems like they're they're actually comfortable with being seen as criminals like it's like oh yeah oh by the way (laughs) here are all of my emails showing the a paper trail linking me to rob goldstone which is then linked to the agalarovs which is then linked to vladimir putin and then oh and here's a bunch of russians coming by to meet with us and here's more evidence of that and my involvement in that too let's just dump all of this on my twitter account let's just dump all of these emails into public view and you go well, that's great. We know you're guilty now because we can read it. We can see the, the email that you sent to Rob Goldstone that said you love it. You'd love to meet with the Russians to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. But at the same time, you go, why are they doing this? Yeah. I don't understand why they keep blurting the truth, why they keep self-incriminating. It is just amazing to me. And again, this goes right back to Roger Stone and having like a whole giant paper trail. He's got, I mean, text messages where he's threatening people. He's threatening people's dogs. I mean, yeah. didn't he, he recommended to uh, uh, Randy Credico right. that Randy Credico turn himself into a suicide bomber in order to take out uh, Isakov. Right. And this is in text form. I mean, even if the, he, there was no larger crime surrounding that, that in and of itself seems like, you know, at least a threat that would get you kicked off of various social media services and so on, if right. not into some sort of legal jeopardy, just because you continuously seem to be threatening the lives of your enemies, <laughs> you know, which you're not supposed to do. That's a no-no. You don't want to use you know, some third-party service in which to threaten the life of an enemy or the life of your enemy's dogs. Right. (laughs) Especially the dogs. Did he not see John Wick? Yeah, exactly. God, exactly. Jesus Christ. You know what? That's what people's dogs. One of the reasons why I don't want to see John Wick. One of the reasons I haven't seen John Wick because I know there's a, isn't there an animal death in it? It's at the very beginning of the film. Yeah. And you know what? Um, 
the same goes with Shape of Water. I haven't seen Shape of Water yet because, I, spoiler, I think the fish guy eats a cat in it, which is just you like, don't see oh. it. It's, it's more like you discover it. You don't really see that. Okay. And he was just hungry. All right, so we don't actually see the fish <laughs> no, man. No, you don't see the fish man eat the, cat. Eat the kitty right. per well, se. Okay, well, maybe then I can. Even if it's but you just, know it's going to happen. I mean, you're yeah. like, cat's not going to live. Yeah, well, you know what? Actually, that's a a, a a good topic. I hadn't planned to talk about this today, but, you know, with the polar vortex here happening, I just put my microphone out the window again. Oh! <laughs> it's blown away that time. Um, you know what I think of when it gets this fucking cold is all of the pets. And, and not yes. just because there are a lot of a-holes out there mm-hmm. who refuse to allow their dogs to live indoors with them. That's insane to me. And they think that the dogs were gonna, are going to be okay in a doghouse in the yard when it's 50 below zero outside. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. and then I just... Isn't I, there a bipartisan bill that they just introduced uh, about... Uh, animal cruelty becoming a fennel yes, felony yes, on a this, federal level. And and that, that bill needs to be passed right now. And even though yes. Donald Trump hates dogs, evidently. Oh, I think he'll sign it. That would be foolish of him not to. Even his MAGA hat people would be like, what? Cruel whimsy. Cruel whimsy, yeah. Jody Hamilton. He'll not sign it just to own the libs in some way. Even if it's only half of the, even if liberals only encompass half of the support for the bill. It's a bipartisan piece of legislation. But he would veto it just to piss off liberals uh, even though he would piss off conservatives too but they're not going anywhere if they're going to support him clearly the republican party is backing donald trump all the way to the bitter bloody end uh-huh. I, I mean they have uh lashed themselves to the donald trump helm they are going to go down with the ship i mean they're sharing offices they're sharing staff they have merged together into one horrendous brundlefly of awfulness mm-hmm. and it's it's something that they're going to regret but for the time being, they're not going anywhere. So, like, if Donald right. Trump vetoes this bill, if it ends up getting passed, and by the way, the Republicans killed this bill in the past once before, mm-hmm. um, it's entirely possible that the Republicans will kill it again. Of course, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, I would imagine Mitch McConnell would support it because that means he can continue to live in the backyard and, you know, hump sandals and things <laughs> like that. <yeah. laughs> Get his daily supply of lettuce and... You know, I think his shell can handle the weather. <laughs> that just makes me laugh so much. I think his shell can handle the weather, though. That's true. That's true. Especially if he keeps Matt Whitaker nearby to provide warmth. <laughs> warmth and fluids. That's actually, you know what? That may be the grossest thing I've said this week. That Mitch McConnell is feeding off the fluids that are streaming off of Matt Whitaker's ah, skull. Gross. <laughs> so gross. Isn't that disgusting, uh, Leader McConnell? Yeah, so disgusting. All right, we're going to take one last break and uh, finish up the show right after these words. Here we go. Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's hooses on a Saturday night. Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies. Like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil, citrus extracts, and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. 
So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster, then it sure is time to open a can of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows and knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at bubblegenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, it is our Tuesday, Thursday show, right? Thursday. How could I forget that it was Thursday? I don't know. It's, it's polar vortex. It's it's affecting everything. It's weird Thursday with Jody Hamilton <laughs> from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com. Also found on iTunes. Okay, so uh, there was another secret one-on-one meeting between Trump and Putin without any American officials in the room. Ridiculous. And, and of course, he keeps getting away with he it. He can't yeah. keep getting away with it. Another meeting, he did. He can't keep getting away with it. I know. At some point, there needs... I mean, what can we do to find out what took place in these meetings other than to rely on the Russians? Uh, who seem to be continuously leaking out information? I just think. Do you think, Jody, that these are uh, warning signs to Trump? Like, you know what? We've we've got the information about these meetings, and if you don't do what we want you to do, uh, that information may magically leak into the world. Um, um, that's very possible. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason for them not to do that, uh, and that's I think why they've got stuff on McConnell. I mean, it's just. <sighs> yeah. They're 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 afraid for their I guess hides. And they don't care about the rest of us. Right, and right. so, whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, this meeting took place during the G20, where Trump had said he wasn't going to meet with uh, Vladimir right. Putin, and then he went ahead and did it anyway. Probably because uh, Boss Pooty Poot uh, summoned Donald Trump to, to this uh, impromptu meeting. Right. Uh, because, of course, Donald Trump has to do whatever uh, Boss Pooty Poot says he has to do. <laughs> and by the way, I've just today invented Boss Pooty Poot. So does he have the uh, general Lee on his car? Yeah, he's, he's got the real fast. He, well, I know he's got the the, the boss pooty poot uh, mobile. He's got the giant white convertible with the, you know, the horns, the, the bull horns <laughs> in the front. Right. And boss then uh, and then his sidekick, uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane, <laughs> just has his patrol. Car. Roscoe P. Blavatnik. Or <laughs> Roscoe P. Deripaska. Just I don't know which one. I don't know how to fit, fit that Big into the one. metaphor yet. I haven't. I haven't worked. Is Deripaska the aluminum king? <laughs> yes, Deripaska okay. is the aluminum king. Uh, and I think I'm going to end up going with Roscoe P. Deripaska to fill out the metaphor. <laughs> I, think so. I think that works. Yes, I still have the to. The aluminum work. king with his crown. I have to s- still spend some time crafting that metaphor. Thank you very much. <laughs> You've seen the work in progress here today. Well, in the next few shows, you'll eventually hear the whole thing played out. I don't know who Uncle Jesse will be. Maybe that's uh, Robert Mueller. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, so he keeps getting away with these one-on-one meetings with Boss Pooty Poot. And so uh, and we don't know what happened in those meetings. And we probably never will because, of course, Donald Trump keeps confiscating the translator notes. And in this case, I don't think there was an American translator in the room. I think it was uh, Boss Pooty Poot. I think it was Donald Trump. And I think it was mm-hmm. a Russian interpreter. Right. Who's translating between the two? Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, Trump said he won't intervene with the DOJ's decision-making process regarding the release of Robert Mueller's report. So he says that now, which means he's absolutely going to interfere. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to believe the opposite of everything Donald Trump says. He said they'll have to make the decision with the Justice Department. Uh, he continued to say, uh, I could have taken a much different stance. I could have gotten involved in this. I could have terminated everything. I could have ended everything. And he still might. He absolutely mm-hmm. still might. I think we should mm-hmm. count on the fact that he will at some point, probably when when Junior gets indicted. Yeah. As we were saying before. But uh, speaking of Junior, and again, going back to the stupid orange falling not too far from the stupid orange tree, Trump Jr. met with a firm that gamed out how a foreign government could meddle in the U.S. political process. Oh, fuck. He can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> he can't, and he won't. He won't. He can't keep getting away with it. Well, he might. But he, I don't think he will. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. has to be indicted. It's not a matter of yes. will he or won't he. He has to be. Yes, he has to be. After Trump became the Republican nominee, uh, Jr. met with Wikistrat founder Joel Zammel to dis- discuss simulations the firm conducted in 2015 about how illicit efforts g- could shape uh, American politics. In April 2016, Rick Gates reviewed a plan by a company called the Psy Group, which Zammel reportedly owns. The plan echoed both the real election interference by Russia as well as the scenario Wikistrat had gamed out. It's unclear if the Psy Group plans uh, ever went forward with some former employees saying Gates never pursued the campaign, while others said part of the plan was carried out. Oh, God. Wiki Strat has been uh, questioned by Robert Mueller's team. This is, of course, uh, according to the Daily Beast. So I had never heard of Wiki Strat, but I do know that Donald Trump loves WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks! I love WikiLeaks! Yeah, Donald Trump loves WikiLeaks, although I have never heard of Wiki Strat before. Same but- here. Nevertheless, they seem this seems like another huge piece of the puzzle here where it's clear that Donald Trump Jr. and the Trump campaign, therefore, was looking for a way to rig the election for Donald Trump. And the irony being is that Donald Trump spent a good half of the campaign talking about how the campaign was being rigged against him. Right. Uh, one, of, one of the great examples of Trumpian projection where all the shit that they're doing illegally is being projected onto everyone else because right. we can't have nice things. It's just horrible. Just horrible. So look for the name Wikistrat to be a thing moving forward here. Uh, I, think that's, uh, I think that's it. I think we'll wrap up here. Now that we uh, have been fully battered by the crazy day after tomorrow storm systems hovering over the United States right now. Okay, Jody Hamilton, we're going to do the postmortem show next. You can find that on our Patreon page. Just go to uh, bobseska.com, click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo, just beneath my bulbous head. And it'll take you right to our Patreon page where you can sign up and uh, listen to all of our bonus content. Plus, you'll be supporting this fully independent and self, self-run self podcast. They don't have a giant staffs of producers or sales reps or anything like that. It's just... It's just me and Jody and Buzz and Kimberly and T-Rex and the whole crew. And we're just just trying to make it work with duct tape and paper clips. And that's why we end up losing our internet signal about once a show. (laughs) I blame that. You can help us improve our internet signal. You can help our internets by signing up on our (laughs) Patreon page. So please go and do that. Also... You can go and buy Chris Lavoie's Banded Masculine candles and and soaps and uh, body washes. All kinds of new scents being released by the day. 
And of course, we're all excited about Chris Lavoie returning to the Stephanie Miller Show. I'm so psyched about that. I'm totally giddy. Big announcement took place this morning on the show. It was like, it was like a Jody. You missed. You should have turned up on uh, today's show too, because it was Chris Lavoie and Jen Kirkman were all there. I know. Was that was a fun show. Oh, but yesterday you got to hang out with uh, Charlie Pierce in person. I didn't did. You? I got to meet Charlie in person. That was so awesome. Did he smell like like bait and tackle, like a bait and tackle shop? <laughs> no, he smelled like unicorns and rainbows. Oh, that's great! Because I always envision <laughs> I see Charlie Pierce, and I envision him just you know fishing with uh, Rachel Maddow on a <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota was just a hole in the ice, and they're there like uh, grumpy old men. And you know. <laughs> no, and then I watched him. I because I don't stay up late. I saw him on Kimmel yesterday because he was on Kimmel Tuesday night. Oh, that was awesome! That's like one of us weirdos finally making it to. Uh, I know. Network television. I think that's great. And they booked him because it was supposed to be uh, um, State of the Union Day yesterday. And so that's oh, why they booked that's him. Right. I forgot about that. Well, that'll be uh, Tuesday coming up. I'm looking forward to right. that. So all my stories will again not be on next Tuesday as well. That's right. All right, Jody. Postmortem's coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye bye.